This morning we continue our series on the Acts of the Apostles, looking at the beginning of the book of Acts and and reading about the events and the people that shaped the early church and exploring what God is telling us through these accounts in his word. Our text from today comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 21. Now these verses, uh, they they happen right, right before, sorry, now the verses right before our text outline the events of Pentecost. There's a large group of believers. They were all hanging out in, in one place, right? And, and while they were there, there was suddenly the sound of a, of a great wind and tongues of fire rested on each person's head and the Holy Spirit was poured out on this group and they began to speak in tongues. Now, typically, when we think of tongues, we we probably think of gibberish or, you know, maybe a, a holy language, like the language of angels or, or something. But in the story of Pentecost, we read that there were people from all over the known world that were there. People from all over, Jews from all over the, the known world at that point in time were present. And when they heard the people speaking in tongues, they wanted to know how these people knew their language. The tongues were not some foreign or or heavenly language. They were speaking the language of earth, just languages of places that they had never been. Naturally, this got people curious. What does this mean? They asked. And the response from some was that they had had too much wine. They were drunk. And in their drunken stupor, somehow they were able to to speak languages from, from places they'd never been. And that's where our verses pick up this morning. Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 21. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, for your word is truth. God, I pray that you would speak through your word today, that you would perform the miracle that feeds our souls. We pray this in your name. In 1998, two movies came out that dealt with the same topic of the end of the earth, the last days, and how humanity would deal with with such a situation. Now, in both of them, the premise was exactly the same. An asteroid is hurtling towards earth, and earth has to figure out how to deal with it. Though both movies have a similar tone, they both come up with the same answer to the impending disaster. They both plan to divert the comet or blow it up using nuclear weapons. 
This is the plan, the premise of, of two movies. And they both hit the movies at about the same time. They were at least two months apart. Two months apart. Two huge movies from two big companies on the same thing. Armageddon grossed $553.7 million worldwide. And Deep Impact grossed $349 million. Both movies were a success. Both movies were a big success. While very different in, in the scope of how they told their stories, they were basically telling the same story in theaters at the same time, and both were a big success. In 1995, the book Left Behind was published. Now, it blew up in the Christian world, as in it was massively successful. At the time, it, it felt like if you went into a, a Christian house somewhere, you, you saw Left Behind on the bookshelf. Like, like around like 96, 97, if, if you went into a Christian house, it, it felt like there was a, there was a copy of Left Behind on, on, any, on, any, uh, on any bookshelf. Working at the Christian bookstore, we sold so many Left Behind books. Like, they were everywhere. They were everywhere. It was, it was the genesis of a, of a series of 12 books in total. And it also spawned a youth series. There are a bunch of books that can be used alongside the series as well. And they kind of attempt to explain the end times. The end of the world. The last days. You know, those... Those phrases, those topics, those ideas, they, they get our, our curiosity flowing. They pique our interest. We want to know what's going to happen. We want to know what it will be like. Whether we believe in God or not, there's a fascination with what will happen at the end times. What will happen near the end. In our passage this morning, you know, we get a bit of a picture of what it will look like at the end. Peter stands up before this group of people and relates a prophecy of Joel that starts with, And in the last days it shall be. Peter is saying that the coming of the Spirit is the beginning of the last days. It is the beginning of the end, the beginning of the end times. So what will it be like in the last days? While the Bible may be very intentionally vague on some of the details, it is incredibly clear in others. In Peter's referencing and preaching from the book of the prophet Joel, we see three elements of the last days. And we're going to look at each of them this morning. The first is unity. The second is judgment. And the third is salvation. So the first is unity, not just unity, but unity in the spirit. You know, in the Old Testament, God spoke to his people through prophets and and he would do so through the Holy Spirit. You know, we read time and time again how the spirit would come upon and then you can basically just enter a a prophet's name like in in the blank. You know, the Holy Spirit came upon Elijah. The Holy Spirit came upon Nathan. The Holy Spirit came upon Samuel. The Holy Spirit came upon Elisha. In fact, in the, old prof- in, in the Old Testament, there are only three types of people that the Spirit would come to. Prophets, priests, and kings. Spirit, it didn't come on everyone. 
Spirit didn't come to everyone. And even though the beginning of the New Testament, the Spirit has not yet come. So there's this, there's this big, massive amount of time in, in history where the Spirit isn't, like, accessible to everybody. In the Old Testament, it's just prophets, priests, and kings. And then even moving into the, the, the beginning of the New Testament, it's not accessible to everyone. The, the Gospels, it's... The Holy Spirit has not come during the time of, of, of the Gospels. No, the Spirit comes. It is poured out here in the second chapter of Acts. And the term poured out used in our text this morning is one that speaks of a torrential downpour on parched earth. Earth that is hungry for water, desperate for water. It's cracked, it's dry. It can't sustain life. It hungers for water. It needs what it cannot provide for itself. And then the water comes, and with it comes life. Have you ever, have you ever been in a, in a torrential downpour? I, I, haven't, I haven't been in, in Jersey long enough to really experience what maybe like you want to call it the rainy season or whatever, well, what that really, really feels like. I'm not sure what the rain is like here. Where I'm from in Washington, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's rainy all the time. Most of the rain is like you kind of go outside, and then when you come back inside, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm damp. Like, you don't really feel the rain come, come down as much. Sometimes, yes. But the majority of our rainfall is kind of just more of this, like, consistent mist. Minnesota, however, they get themselves some rain. Like, like it, that comes down. And not all the time. Not, not, not. Every, not, every rain isn't like that, but I, I remember one distinct uh, instance when I was, I was going to Hillcrest at the time. And, uh, you know, just, just down the street from, from Hillcrest, a couple blocks down, and then a, a block to the left, whatever, there was a gas station called Holiday. And often, like, during break times, we'd be like, hey, anyone want to go to Holiday? Yeah, yeah, we're going to go. So, like, we, we went, and then we would go, and we'd, like, you know, get our sugar, and then we would come back. And, I don't know, it was, just, it was an excuse to get off campus. It was something we did. Well, you got to remember, like, those, those little pop cans or soda cans excuse me pardon sorry uh like those those little ones so there's like the the normal big ones and then they came out with like these these little ones at one point in time so we went and i i got a little one because it was like a novelty thing i was like i've never seen this before so i i have to have it so i did so i got it and and i drank it and i made it from from uh the holiday to the corner which is about a block and a half right so make a block and a half i down this little thing and we're walking We've got three blocks to go, and, and then, like, you can start hearing the thunder. And it's night, so it's dark, so we couldn't really tell that it was overcast. I mean, if we'd been looking up, we, we realized we wouldn't see the stars. But, you know, you can, like, smell the rain before it comes. I got a good whiff of rain, and then suddenly it was there. And it is dumping. Like, it, it was more than, like, being in a shower. Like, it was torrential, like, downpour. By the time I got back to Hillcrest... My little cup of, of my little can of, of soda is overflowing. Like it, it is pouring out. I could not fit any more in this can walking three blocks. Just dumping rain. We, we all got underneath like the, the front arch and it was like a waterfall was just coming off. It was, it was, ins- I'd never been in rain like that before. They don't get rain like that in Saskatchewan. We didn't get rain like that in, uh, in Washington. At least I hadn't experienced it. Torrential devil like coming down. Like, like being in a shower outside. A downpour like that, man, it soaks everything. It soaks 
everything. If something is, is outside, if it is exposed to the sky, it is soaking wet. It covers everything. And so does the outpouring of the Spirit. Everyone is affected. As Daryl Bach puts it in his commentary on Acts, the, universi- the universality of the distribution is one of the main elements of the promise. The universality of the distribution is one of the main elements of the promise. Before this new period, the Spirit had been distributed to a few people on special occasions for special enablement. And this is a key sign that the new era has come. God pours out his Spirit on all flesh, on all people, on all of mankind, on sons, on daughters, on the young, the old, the freeman, and the servant. There is no distinction between gender, age, race, or class. All people, all flesh. The gift of the Holy Spirit covers over our differences. The things that would potentially divide us are ignored. They aren't given any importance. In the eyes of God, we are all equally important, and we all receive the same gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, the gifts of the Spirit will likely be different for each of us. As Erling read this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I'm just going to read from 4 to 11. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is just one passage that talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And it doesn't lift all the gifts, but it makes it clear that all are given, that each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. We all have the Holy Spirit. And the gifts that we are given to us, that we have, are given to us, that that they might be used for the common good. And that the spirit we have is all the same spirit, so it's not a different spirit from anyone else, right? Just because my gifts may be different from yours, that doesn't mean that we are given different spirits. Same spirit, different gifts. The gifts just manifest in ways that are different. As there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are a bunch of different things that God wants us to be doing that that he is calling us to do. And so the different gifts meet the different needs in ministry. No one is too important that they don't need the spirit. And no one is so insignificant that they get passed over for the spirit. The spirit is poured out in a torrential downpour on the people of God. It covers everyone. All are soaked in his glory and his gift. And in that, we are unified. We each have a part to play. We each have a gift that we have been given. That we might use it to the betterment of the body, to the edification 
of the body. To help in the work of the body. And the work that he has prepared for us is to be used by God in his mission to bring about his kingdom. We are unified as Christians, as a church, in the outpouring of the Spirit. So the first element of the last days is the unity. Unity in the Spirit of God. The second element is judgment. Verses 19 through 20. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. So we don't really talk about judgment as much as we used to. Not in the church in America as much anyway. There was a time when when you went to church on a Sunday and the pastor would stand in the pulpit and do their level best to freak you out, to scare you into heaven. And since then, we've, we've realized that the gospel doing its work in the life of the sinner, the Holy Spirit working on a person, shaping and forming and curbing them is much more effective than fear of punishment. But this has led us to somewhat ignore judgment altogether, which is letting the pendulum swing too far to the other side. Judgment is real. It's real. It's not going away. It is only approaching. And unlike the stories we watch in blockbuster videos, no amount of nuclear firepower will prevent the asteroid of God's judgment from landing on Earth and shaking her to her core. Judgment is coming. Are we ready? Are you ready? Is your neighbor ready? Your friend? You know, your aunt, your uncle, your coworker? Just as the Holy Spirit drenches all who confess the name of Jesus Christ as Lord, so the judgment of Lord will come, of the Lord will come to all men. No one will be spared. No one will be missed. Each of us will have our time before the throne of the living God. And while that can be a scary proposition, it leads us right into the third element of the last days that we see in our text today. Verse 21. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The third element is salvation. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Though there is blood and fire and vapors of smoke, though the sun turns to darkness and the moon to blood, though the asteroids plummet towards earth or disease sweep the land, though you stand before the throne of the living God on judgment day, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Do not fear. Do not fear. For our salvation is in good hands. Our safety is in good hands. Though our bodies die and we all will die. Our souls will live forever. And when our faith is in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our souls are in the best of hands. For when our faith is in Jesus, God doesn't see our works. He sees the work of Jesus on the cross in our place. And Jesus has already been judged. 
And he's paid the price for what we have done. And God does not judge Jesus again. Instead, God opens his arms and welcomes us into his kingdom. And we will spend forever with the author of life. For the Christian, Judgment Day is not a day of fear, but of rejoicing. Our salvation does not rest in our works, but in the work of Christ on the cross. Our salvation is secure. So look around you. You are living in the last days. And though there is more to come, make no mistake, these are the last days. The Holy Spirit has been poured out and judgment is on the way. But salvation is secure for those who call on the name of Jesus. So I ask again, are we ready? Are we ready for judgment? Are you ready? Is your neighbor ready? Your friend, your aunt, your uncle, your co-worker, your brother, your sister. God desires that the world be ready. And through his spirit, he has equipped us to be part of his mission. God's mission, his desire is that all people would be ready for the judgment. That all people would be ready. And that they would have relationship with him. That all people would have faith in him. So how is God desiring to use you in his mission? How is God desiring to use this church? We're living in exciting times. We're living in really exciting times. These are the last days and we are the church. The Holy Spirit has been poured out that we might be equipped for mission. Judgment is coming. And we know the key to safety. The key to salvation. Belief in the name of Jesus. Will we use our gifts to proclaim this message to our neighbor, our friend, our aunt, our coworker, our brother, our sister, to whoever God has put on our heart? God has equipped you, and he desires to use you in his mission to bring about his kingdom. Just as he used Peter and the apostles, he desires to use you. Amen.